as ever, I can tell you that. Right. We're putting our hands on passes and balls. and Receivers, uh, they couldn't catch a cold if it was the middle of February. Well, well I don't get it. I get a day cold. It's no good! He missed it. it! He missed it! Drop it on my feet next time. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 30 of the Soda City Sit-Down. Another milestone, another 10 episodes down, a full 30. Just absolutely blowing through the weeks here uh, in the worst period of time to ever start a sports podcast. But here we are, 30 weeks in, absolutely killing it. Are you Are you, out are of you serious? <laughs> There's no sports on. Everyone's looking at us for their sports-related content. Yeah, I'm like that. <laughs> What's that? Uh, are you nothing. serious? <laughs> are you serious? Siri, uh, Siri's listening to us. Oh, and oh. Also, thought that Marino was crazy for saying that, but hey, oh. I, I the way I see it, we were just getting warmed up. Now, now we're thirty episodes in. Now, coming into the real sports scene, we've we've got a little bit of a. Uh, I'm under our belt. We've got our practice down. Yeah, we've we've talked to some people, made some uh, opinions. Hopefully, made enough of a following that when this football season comes around, we'll be here. If it comes around, <laughs> hey, don't need well, that. We probably talk. won't be there because yeah. I'm doubtful that any fans are going to be there. Um, but I, I like the idea. I like the attitude, Matt. I definitely like the attitude. <laughs> I'll be I'll be right here. Where like, where I am Jackson, right now, yeah. Jackson Five, you know, like I'll yeah. be there. Yeah, I don't know if you should be relating us to the Jackson Five. That might not be a good thing for our brand. Yeah, it, especially yeah. tonight. There's only four of us, so um, we're missing Austin tonight. Yeah, one of our one of our members is uh, lost off of the coast of South Carolina somewhere. No, I think he's in on AWOL. Virginia, isn't he? Oh, is he's he in Virginia? in Virginia? I have no idea. Yeah. He didn't tell me. <laughs> his his location is not. He disclosed. went AWOL and abandoned us. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's on he's on paid leave this week. Yeah, um, he's leave. been Virginia is for lovers. Oh, who's he loving in Virginia? Uh, Do you want to know? We can't really, we can't yeah. say on the podcast. Let's uh, he was on a family trip. So I'm not, not so sure about that. Oof. One. Oof. Beer. <laughs> he's loving beer. Yeah, that's what's right. <laughs> yeah, last not- last we heard from him, he was some. <laughs> on cloud nine let's say uh, how no, drunk you... are you was responded to yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Classic answer. <laughs> i think this might be classified as slander nope nope it's not slander because we have the proof of it slander would be a lie i guess that's true it's um i don't know workplace misconduct or something it's not necessary really but you know it is austin so yeah no it's not workplace misconduct he took the week off it was approved by the board reluctantly but uh, I don't know. You know if I did, did you approve it? I didn't approve it. You know what? Honestly, we just you're just getting Austin out of here. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just like you know what? <laughs> Lesser of two evils, I guess. No, just Jesus. kidding. We love you, Austin. We love you, Austin's Austin. Austin's gonna listen to this and be like, "What the fuck, guys?" Austin will be sober when he listens. Why to must this, I cry? <laughs> yeah, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Get our ratings up. We uh, are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So give us some rates and reviews. Honestly, I'm looking forward to just like anybody reviewing us just so i can read it uh so far we've got a couple that are that are pretty decent but um yeah if, if you give a good review you know we'll 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 spread your name out there we'll we'll say your review and uh especially if it's funny you know maybe 
maybe we might even give out some some merch to anybody who's throwing out some reviews. So, uh, you know, we've, we've been testing some things out, getting some things in the works. So just a little extra incentive. But uh, keep, keep keep that keep that out out on uh keep looking out for that on our social media and everything. Yeah, especially if you want to come on the podcast for an interview or something, we'd love to have you in. We're we're thinking about doing little care packages for guests in the future, so that'll be fun to kind of get out to our great guests. If we uh if we're moving on to Gamecock position breakdowns, we've we've been doing them every week for what seems like quite a while, and now we're getting closer to the season. But position breakdown, we are on to the linebackers. So a position group that outside of, I think, last year, maybe 2018, 2019, they were, they were fairly decent. But previous to that, I think our, so- our linebackers had been so bad, except for Sky Moore, for like the last five <laughs> years. So it's, it's really, really exciting to, to see what this group might be. So obviously, we'll, we'll start where we start every week and uh, talk about our departures. Uh, fifth year, senior Eldridge Thompson departed as well as TJ Brunson, who got drafted late on day three to the Giants. And obviously Brunson has been here for what seems like forever, a local guy. Uh, we, we posted a video last week of him um, as the six. We're doing a little weekend countdown, like six weekends to Carolina football, and TJ Brunson wore number six. Allegedly. Allegedly, six weekends. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Oh, don't worry. We will get there. <laughs> but uh, – Obviously, TJ Brunson's going to be tough to replace. He was pretty fantastic for us last year. Um, and really, his whole career just filled that gap when we struggled to have a consistent production from our linebacking group. But while we lose Brunson and Thompson, we gain four-star linebacker Mo Kaba and three-star linebacker slash buck Gilbert Edmonds. So he, he might play linebacker or D-line. But, but mainly... We want to focus on Kaba because he's probably the one that's going to get the playing time this year. I think he was probably one of the top few uh, commits we got from last year. I'm very excited to get any high-level linebacker just because it's a position that we've really needed for a while. But getting Mo Kaba in, I don't know if necessarily he'll play a ton this year. I I have him on my projected too deep, but what do you guys think of uh, the departures and additions we have on this group? I think that losing Brunson is going to hurt a lot. I mean, whenever you have a four-year, well, I, I, did he start his freshman year? I don't think he started, but he played significant time even his freshman year. So losing him, I think, hurts a lot. But uh, Elder Thompson, and yeah, that is—I mean, it, it sucks to lose depth because I don't think we're we're that deep at linebacker. Yeah, but he he didn't play a whole lot. So yeah, so it's like not, not the biggest deal. I am really excited about Mokaba though. He was very highly touted. Um, and, uh, I, I think that it'll be really exciting to see him play, but I'm, I'm just more excited about who, uh, about Ernest Jones and Sherrod Green. I guess we haven't really talked about it yet, but I, those two guys are the two I'm really focused on. Yeah. So I have a projected two deep kind of like I did with the D line listed out here. So obviously I think Ernest Jones is, is the guy when you look at this group, uh, he kind of burst onto the scene last year. He'd, he played a little bit his freshman year you know I'm I'm really starting to wish he had not played in that Virginia Bowl game because I remember there was some controversy around that because he'd only played four games that year so he was eligible for a red shirt 
but uh, decided to play in that game anyway, which, you know, I, I respect it. Like, you want to get in the game. Like, you want to play. I'm sure looking back, watching uh, watching that 28-0 loss to Virginia, I, I, I really wish he hadn't have played it. But regardless, last year he burst onto the scene, had 97 total tackles, which was 20 higher than our second leading tackler, which is Brunson. Uh, I expect a lot out of Jones this year. Um, and to go along with Jones as the projected starter, Sherrod Green, who last year put in a productive season after previously... Yeah, previously I, I had not had a whole lot of positive things to say about Sherrod Green, but last year he played really well. He was the one that uh, had the pick six against Missouri, I think, right? Uh, Anybody confirm? That? I, I I feel like I'm yes, gonna yes, I'm just gonna was, say I that's think. correct. I think yeah, yeah. But then outside of uh, him, who I believe is Sherrod Green a senior? I think he's a senior. Yes. Yes. So Sherrod Green's the senior. We've got Ernest Jones as the junior, and then the Athletic Jamar Brown should be our third starter, I believe. And then they'll be backed up by Rosendo Lewis Jr., Mo Caba, and Damani Staley, who, which are sophomore Rosendo Lewis, freshman, true freshman Mo Caba, and uh, senior Damani Staley. So uh, a group with a little bit of depth. I think Rosendo Lewis is fairly highly recruited and is just a redshirt sophomore. Obviously, we talked a little bit about Caba. And then Damani Staley's a senior. He's played here and there, but I think should serve as a good backup. Uh, what do you guys think about the two deep? Obviously, we've we've mentioned a lot about Ernest Jones, but I think I think the starters are really good. And then what I see from the backups is just a bunch of guys who have a lot of potential. A younger younger group, but a lot of potential there. I'm not completely sold on Jabbar Brown yet. I I don't know. I haven't really just seen as much as I would like from him. And I think that I, I, I'm really confident with Ernest Jones and Sherrod Green, but I think that Jamar Brown could be really good, but I'm, I, I, I just don't really know. And uh, I think because of that, we could see some of these younger linebackers start may, maybe sneak in there and grab the starting spot by the end of the year. But uh, we'll have to see how it plays out. I know linebacker is a very uh, intellectual position. Like you have to be able to, you know, predict plays and, you have to really know what's going on. And that's so, where Jones that's where Jones just comes in. Like he just seems to read the plays so well. Like last year there were I think it was like he was the one bright spot in the UNC game when it seemed like nobody could play. Like Ernest Jones had such a good game against UNC and like we knew that that linebacker position was gonna be good uh just from that first game. Unfortunately it seemed like the other positions were all question marks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, that was bad. But yeah, so I think that because of that, we, you know, maybe one of these uh, these younger guys comes in and they're just like super talented and they, you know, you, you can't prevent them from, they're just like going to have to start. Uh, and, uh, hopefully that happens. But uh, I, I do think we have a, a lot of talent in, in, the, in the two deep. Uh, I was sold on Jamar Brown when he like, literally scissor kicked the Kentucky quarterback and caused a fumble. If you remember that. <laughs> I remember that. It's like I'm always down for a good scissor like, kick. Yeah. Like roundhouse kicked the quarterback, the ball straight out of his hands. So that was, that was pretty funny. And it was against Kentucky. So, you know, extra points for that one. That's a game we really have to win this year. Uh, it's a game we really should win every year, but for some reason, Kentucky has just so much hype this off season. It's like, 
I, I don't get it. They had a, a wide receiver playing at quarterback last year. I, I don't know. Maybe I just don't know enough and don't respect Kentucky enough. But, I mean, we, we kind of pooped on them last year. And I don't know. It's just I don't, I don't think I get it. But uh, I've got a few questions with this linebacking group. Is this the best we've seen from the linebacker group since pretty much the uh, the eleven win season years? Is this could this be the best group we've got? I don't know. The the Sky Moore's last year may I might have said that would be, have been better. It was like a young Brunson and Bryson Allen Williams. Yeah, Bryson Allen Williams. I think that I, I think that that would probably be better. That yeah. year certainly had the experience under its belt for sure, and and you know Sky Moore probably one of the better linebackers I've ever seen South Carolina have. I mean he he was amazing. He was on that just horrible 2015 team that like the defense was non-existent, but you knew where Sky Moore was because he was just so much faster. <laughs> only good player. Sky Moore was the only person that did anything. Yeah, well, the thing about that year is Sky Moore was a redshirt senior, and we had Bryson Allen Williams, who's a senior. But if you all remember, he got hurt that year. That wasn't his last year. Yeah, yeah it wasn't his last year because he, he redshirted. He got hurt. So yeah, but I would that, say just like going into the year. You yeah, know. for sure. I mean, that, it was a very talented group, to be, to be frank with it. But I think, I think this year has the potential to move up and – I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, definitely potential. This is definitely, you know, a very potential-filled group. But, um, yeah, like what I say just right now going into it, is it the most talented group that we've seen? No. But, you know, the team that we are talking about uh, is was able to play 12 games and give us what they've got, and we haven't seen it from this group yet. So there's always the potential there. And I'll be more than happy to, you know, at the end of the year, be able to say this is the best linebacker group that we've had as under Muschamp. I just think that the the rest of our defense is kind of going to help. That, yeah, that's kind of what I was going to go off of, too. I was going to counter that by saying maybe they aren't as talented as that group, but when you look at all the players in the position groups around them, like this is a much more high-ceiling defense, and like that probably gives way for this group to be more productive when it comes to just run blocking and covering assignments and everything just because they have a competent D line and uh, backfield in the secondary. But, you know, I, I think it's, it's definitely a question like, can this group be as good? I think it can be. I'm not certain that there's as much talent, but there's some experience and definitely by the end of the year, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Uh, so just, yeah, go if, for it. If it can get, you know, if they can build off of the other position groups, I mean, that is what, it's all about, right? I mean, yeah, being absolutely. able to, you know, I mean, if you're not the most talented group, but you're the most productive group, you know, I'd rather be the most productive group because that's the one that's getting the job done. You can have all the five stars, but if you got a group of guys that can play well off of, you know, it's supporting cast and and feed off of that and play well, that's all I can ask for. Yeah, for sure. You definitely don't need 11 stars to make a good defense. No. You know? For sure. It helps, but, you know, you can you, you Yeah. Yeah, it's all about the stats of the day. And with with the guys I have projected as starters with Ernest Jones, Sherrod Green, and Jamar Brown, I would say Ernest Jones made a huge leap last year from his freshman year. Sherrod Green made a huge leap from the year before. And Sherrod Green was a backup last year. Like, he lost his starting position 
at some point because the previous year he just hadn't been very effective. And then by the, I, I think it was, yeah, it was pretty much like right away as soon as he started playing. And I, I know he, he dealt with some injuries early in the year. That's kind of the reason he lost his position. But by the end of the year, he was a strong contributor. Jamar Browns, just as a true freshman, made plays when he was in there. So it, it, it'll be exciting. What do you guys have for breakout player for this position group? So we, we've kind of tried to give like a prediction just based on our other groups. Obviously, this group a little bit smaller with really only, I can't imagine more than six guys contribute. There's about 10 linebackers on the roster, but I, I don't think we'll probably see more than six come in more, than, more often than not especially if the schedule gets to the point where we're only playing good teams. Like it, I doubt there's going to be time for anybody else. But if we play this 10 SEC schedule. Yeah, but we won't have an easy game. <laughs> yeah, we will have zero easy games. All right, we'll have one easy game. <laughs> we'll have one Vanderbilt game. <laughs> that Ooh. will be it. <laughs> so I, I'll start here. I, I'm going to... So obviously it can't it can't be Ernest Jones as the breakout. Just I mean, if you want to make that yours, you can. But like I think he need, he needs to be the guy. I I'm gonna go with Jamar Brown. I think he flashed as a really good backup last year and did some really good things. And I think he has just a level of raw athleticism. I don't know if he's gonna be the smartest, like the most field aware, intelligent guy on the field but just from what i saw from him last year he just blows plays up when he gets in there and that as a true freshman when you can show that like you can teach someone to be like intellectual to read the field to know all the sets and everything you can't teach athleticism and so from that perspective like yeah he he is the youngest of the starters but that there's also something to say about that like when you're a true sophomore and you're coming in and and being a starting linebacker for a solid group, I, I think there's something to say about that, that the coaching staff sees in him. And I've certainly seen some explosiveness out of him. So that, that's, that's my pick. I want to see him do some good things at, as, a, as his first year starting there. I'm going to go with Rosendo Lewis. Very highly touted guy from uh, the, the, the previous recruiting cycle. I, I guess Jamar Brown and him were, were the same class. No, Rosendo Lewis is a junior, actually. He's a sophomore. Or, okay. So a year before, uh, before, but okay, but yeah, I, I, he came in as like a super highly touted recruit, and he, uh, you know, he he really just hasn't seen much playtime. I really don't know how many games he's actually played in. Not not that many. And I, I think that he could really uh, be a guy that comes in and, and gets some significant playing time, I think. Yeah, I definitely see some good coming out My of My honorable him. mention is uh, Mo Kaba, though. I, I, I think yeah. that the, the young guy could, could get some time in there. I was going to say, um, you know, I, I'm really thinking Boykins might have a great... Oh, wait, never mind. He's not, um, he's not with the team anymore. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Um I yeah, definitely Kaba, I agree with you there. Um I mean, he's definitely he's cleared to play, right? Do they I I haven't kept up with it, but they cleared him to play, right? 
Are you talking Does about from an injury perspective? Yes, from the ACL. ACL. Um, I, I was thinking about it before when we came on here. I, I didn't remember what he did, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he's he should be fine for this they, season. They said he was clear. They said they were going to clear him in like like I think earlier than July. So I mean, they unless we heard otherwise, he is cleared. Um, so actually, I don't know. I I think I think he's still going to be a great player for sure. Um, I love seeing the young guys kind of pick up, and it seems like that's kind of the 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 vibe with this position group is just a lot of young talent. And I think he's probably going to be one of the better ones out there. Unfortunately, yeah, I don't sure. know as much about this position as other uh, positions, but like, yeah, I mean, from everything I'm seeing here and everything that's projected, he seems like he's he's pretty solid. Yeah, it does. It does look like uh, Mo Kaba's track. He was uh, on track to be medically cleared from the torn ACL this month. So I don't know if there's a newer update to that, but obviously, coming off an injury like that is tough. But so, are you saying that it sounds like this year we're going to see some Mo Kaba? Some Mo you're, Mo you're Kaba? Done. You're done. That was I mean, that was just a week. I don't know. I will say something that is probably going to hold uh, Kaba back is not only with his injury, but also just being a freshman coming into uh, not having hardly any practice time. Not hardly any significantly more limited than a normal preseason. You're saying he needs a little mo. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, it didn't work up. the first time. If you keep hammering it in, it ain't gonna fit, Tyler. Just beat the dead horse until <laughs> you can't anymore. I, I mean, I thought that one was at least a little bit higher effort there. I, I heard you laughing back there. I heard it. I heard it. You, I it laugh. <laughs> you need a little mo work on them jokes. <laughs> oh, oh, there it is. There it is. Oh, so anyway. <laughs> oh man. So that's our linebackers, and next week we'll we'll hit up the secondary. So that'll that be that'll be interesting. Uh Let's no. Not. We're gonna do the specialists after that. That should be a fun Oof. one. That should be a uh, that should be a fun one. I'm looking forward to it. Both of them are gonna be fun. But uh, let's let's move on to the sports being back. Man, hey. we've got, we got so much on the docket this week. We've got Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, college football updates, NFL updates. It's they're all coming together. It's everybody. huge. It's like sports are back. They're like all coming thing. together until they all blow up Stop because of a certain team in a certain state. What state do you think would have would have caused this problem? Surprised that the team causing the most problems for the major league startup is the team from Florida. The team formally named after the state of Florida, and they disassociated themselves because they knew that was a bad idea, and they decided to hone in on Miami, which is a much better idea. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you could you could take that as you will. I mean, it's, Miami's still pretty. Uh, you know, there's just there's so much about the Miami Marlins that just baffle me. You know, the the Marlins have never lost a playoff series. No, they've yeah, made the playoffs right. twice in their existence. Yeah, the very game. early in their existence as well. Yes, yes. And then they got rid of everybody, and they ain't never won since. Yeah, because they're trash. Yeah, but um, they also are going to absolutely ruin 
uh, this MLB startup. Yeah, and they're also I- very sick, and not in the good sick. They are just yeah. very unwell. Uh, 17 they- players, right? Uh, I don't know. I think that was the... Well, I think it was 17 uh, players and coaches. Yes. So, That's 17 it. people affiliated with the team on yeah. the travel list that has tested positive for the coronavirus. Um, it's absolutely caused a just complete and utter disarray uh, in the American League East and National League East scheduling uh, because no one knows exactly what to do. Uh, the Orioles, my Orioles, uh, were supposed to head down to Miami. Um, and I got to say, we got absolutely shafted by this. Absolutely, 100% shafted. By oh, that. come on. Nobody uh, wants to watch your team after that 13-2 started. <laughs> uh, listen, we've come back. We won the next two games. We were going to go into Miami. Miami's very beatable. We were hot. Miami's off. leading the division, by the way, because their record or their percentage of wins is better than every other team because they they're two yeah, and one. <laughs> sorry, ass division. If I what are you talking up? about? The division that won the World Series. The Nationals are a poverty franchise. <laughs> How many World Series they win? They're a poverty. We're reigning World Series champions. They're poverty franchise. Literally, I mean, they, they are pretty bad right now. They've only won they one. Literally, game. they literally. Sued the Orioles because we weren't giving them enough money from our broadcasting network. Our broadcasting network that just happens to be the main broadcasting network in the, I guess, mid eastern, not mid eastern, but mid Atlantic area. Anyway, the, you know what the, they have? They have more players on their team with high paying contracts than the Orioles could ever dream of. They're the worst organization in sports. They deserve nothing. They deserve nothing. Their fans are all bandwagon right. fans. They're just Clay, mute him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't. Uh, Don't worry. My respect in that division is, well, well, is the Mets. I, I appreciate say. it. I appreciate yeah, it. I respect the Orioles out of one team. Joke. But the, the Nationals are another name there because they canceled their game. Who were they going to play? I can't remember who they were going to play, actually. Passed my mind. Oh, Atlanta, right? Were they going to play Atlanta? Either way, they were going to play a game, but be- the the Nats voted against going down to. Uh, That's what it was. Miami. No, they were playing them next. That's right. Yes. That's right. Let's and say, then, I, I've seen that they canceled anything else. And yeah. then who is the team that played the Marlins that now has to go into quarantine as well? Uh, the Phillies. Yes, the Phillies <laughs> are kind of. Which, God, <laughs> Phillies. Um,. Yeah, so it's kind of like well, you got to keep an eye on that because, dude, with teams starting to like cancel, like I got worried for a second because I was like, dude, is are we just all going to cancel again? Is that what's happening? Oh, I hundred percent think that uh, the MLB is not going to play the whole season, dude. Well, they're I mean, not going to play sixty games to begin with. They're not even going to play the sixty games. <sighs> nah, I think people over like just kind of blew up when the the first Miami news came out. I think. They have to have a contingency. All these sports that are coming back have to have a contingency plan for when and if. Because, I mean, it's going to happen. Every sport is going to have outbreaks. That's why we make we spent all these months making this plan for what we do about it. So, do you think the MLB was actually planning, or do you think that they were negotiating with their players? Because no. I don't think they were planning. And we will get more into this <laughs> Just a minute, but the leadership in baseball is so incompetent. The, Rob Manfred might be the worst 
sports executive, if you, I guess if you call a commissioner an executive of all time, of all time, That's he's a lot an of hyperbole here. moron. He's an absolute <laughs> moron. Okay, so <laughs> name tell us one what really thing feel. Rob Manfred has done. Um. Yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah, I don't think yeah. I, I don't think the leadership is good. That being said, I think they all are going to do whatever they can to put baseball on, and yeah. it it seems simple enough that what they're doing right now will work. They're going to quarantine this team. I say fuck the Marlins and just cancel as many just games. Play with twenty nine teams in the season. I mean, you can bring <laughs> the the Marlins back at some point, but well for now. You just cancel their games. You mitigate the spread. Everyone else can continue playing. And then when everything goes away from their end, then you can go back to continue playing it. Unless we get to a point where over half the teams have outbreaks, I just don't think it's going to be a situation where the entire league is going to just right. hold immediately. Like, we so, knew this was going to happen. So the good thing is the Marlins aren't really a team that anyone thinks is going to make the playoffs anyway. So that that makes it a little bit of a better situation. And I think what they're going to do now is because the season is so short and because they have so many issues with, with contact and how they want to limit everyone, they're really adamant on doing double headers. So it's kind of looking like, and, and for right now, I think the, the idea is however many games the Marlins can play, if they if they lose 20 games and they only play 40 games, that's what they'll have at the end of the season, and they'll just go off of record percentage. So it's like they won't play the same number of games, but if they have a better record than a team that plays 60 games, which I don't feel like is fair, but that's what they're going for. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't know any other way they could do it. They can't make up those games. I really doubt they will. They're going to have to. Again, if if the Marlins are terrible, it won't matter. I think they'll make them up, but I, I think they, they've already kind of, you, you'll see, you see already that some of these teams are already shuffling around opponents and shuffling games. I think we might be in a situation where if Miami continues to have issues, they might be way down, but at this point, they're probably only going to be missing a few games and a few games that can be made up. Like th- this, this schedule is very fluid at this point. Like, yeah, there's a set schedule, but We've already seen, wasn't it? The Yankees are going to play someone they weren't originally scheduled yeah, to play. Yeah, they're playing the Orioles right now, and like I said, we've got shafted because right now it's just Bronx Bomber City. Good I mean, we're, we're playing the Braves again as well. So I mean, I feel you. Oh, oh whoop de doo, dude! I mean... <laughs> dude, what are you yeah. talking about? The Braves are a great team. We have to play them twice. Like, come, on. shut up, shut up! I thought you were rooting for us. I hate the Braves. I do too. I, I, I'm only rooting for you because I have little to no respect for every other team in your division. Well, outside of Jackie Bradley Jr. and the Red Sox destroying the Orioles on opening night, my favorite moment so far has been last night watching Joe Kelly just go absolutely savage on the Astros and Carlos Correa's bitch-made swing. Oh, man. I, I think you all yeah. might have been asleep, but it was, I'm sure you saw it all over Twitter today. Yes. Uh, just, just, just I throwing didn't see exactly what happened. I saw something about him saying that they were cheaters afterwards or something. You want, you want to cover that, Matt? So, uh, oh, you want to give I, me a take this story. So I, I watched some in-depth breakdown, which is fucking hilarious. It didn't need that much in, in-depth breakdown, but just having that, it, it just made it that much better. 
So Joe Kelly had, I want to say, two outs and nobody on, and they had a 5-2 lead later in the game. So he's like, fuck it. I'm just going to start throwing pitches at these players. He got gets to a 3-0 count, and he's like, all right, I'm just going to sling a fastball directly at their head. And uh, he missed. I mean, he threw it directly at his head, and the guy like dodged out of the way. But the guy knew that it was coming for his head, and, uh, and Joe Kelly was like, yeah, whatever. Next guy up, Carlos Correa. He... Uh, <laughs> gets ahead in the count and then starts throwing a couple fast ones at him. And uh, it, it was pretty funny because then after some really good pitches and then some pitches that were clearly like Way hard inside the fastballs, yeah. he then gets him sw- to strike out swinging on a breaking ball in the dirt. And as he does it, he says, nice swing, bitch, and walks off and makes a bunch of, like, memeable faces that you've probably seen everywhere. He, like, sticks his tongue out at them almost. It's hilarious. And he's (laughs) talking shit like, nice swing, bitch, and, like, y'all are cheaters, and get cry about it. And Correa's standing there like he's going to fight him, but it was just a joke. Like, you knew this was coming, especially with the Dodgers against the Astros. Like, it it was awful. There's just... So many great elements to this story, uh, you know, starting with the fact that like he only really threw at um, yeah, was it Bregman. 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 I think he only threw at one. He threw really close to Bregman and then threw way behind Correa, if I'm yeah. correct. I thought yeah. he threw. I he thought he only threw behind Bregman. Uh, yeah, I might have it could, reversed. Yeah, yeah, he might have thrown close I thought, to Correa. I he only. But he it didn't was hit like, anyone. But it wasn't he didn't like hit anyone. Is the moral of the story hey, here? Struck out Correa. <laughs> he had like no control. Like he like he just was throwing wild pitches, and then I think he was just like, "Screw it, I'm going to walk him anyway. I might as well just throw at him." And oh yeah, for sure. that's that's absolutely and, what happened, and like, I respect the hell out of it. Like the fact, like he was like he was getting like so hyped up and so cocky, and uh, um, and so he just threw like one pitch behind him. Like I mean, he wasn't pitching well. And was acting like he was just absolutely just throwing gas, and then, but then he, he he did strike out Carrera, and then Carrera wanted to act all big and bad after a strikeout. Yeah, after he got struck out by a guy that he was insulting, like, "Hey, throw your fastball, bitch!" Like, yeah, stop throw your fastball. Just say, "Throw your fastball, bitch!" Like, no, like he's smarter than that. If his fastball is not working, he's going to throw his better pitches, and he struck you out. Like, why? Why would you? Why would you do that? That's like. It's like if a team is playing football and they can't run the ball with the crap, but they're absolutely destroying your secondary and, you know, throwing it all downfield. And, you know, the defensive guys are out there saying, run it, bitch, run it. Like, no, no, they're not going to do that. So to act all big and bad for that is just ridiculous. And then my favorite part about the whole entire situation is that Kelly wasn't even on the Dodgers for either of the World Series teams. That the Dodgers cheated against. In fact, he was on the 2018 Red Sox team that also is a part of the cheating scandal. And he went no, back. No, it's related. It's kind of, I guess, because they're but their manager. But. In some ways, you just adopt the the hatred for the Astros. Yeah. Like he 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 came into like those are his guys around him. He's like exactly fuck the Astros. Yeah, like, yeah. But, yeah. But he wants to show he's with the team because everyone else on the team Cora, is thinking. Or was dismissed for managing the Red Sox because he implemented some of the same cheating elements into their World Series team as the Astros did the year before. And yeah, but that's that's not determined to be truthful. Like that we haven't had that confirmed. A man is without his job. 
But so so the big thing that that I had to bring up is the fact that today um Joe Kelly got suspended for 20 games for that. Like the 20? League- no, 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 no. He was he was he was suspended for 8 games. Yeah, 8 games. It was 8 but games. If you do the math, like 20 because we have a shortened season. 162 game season it'd exactly. be the of being suspended for 22 games of the that's regular. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I saw. So for a guy who for a guy who didn't actually throw at all at any any of the batters, he threw near him. He didn't hit one of them. It's kind of ridiculous. It was cited yeah. because he has a history of doing things like that. Yeah, but and suspension. I mean, no, I, I don't think that's it. I think it's more of the league trying to set a standard that they're not going to let this happen. Like they're they're trying to cut it early, nip it in the bud before other teams come through. And try to beam the Astros, which I want them to do, and I hope they continue to do for the rest of the season. But one yeah. game would have been all right. I could, uh, I would understand that. I mean, they have to. It's the Dodgers. I mean, do you not expect them to do that? You know, like I say, you let them play. doing anything. Yeah. Rob Manfred is weak. He's weak. He's pathetic. Remember, okay. after- all right. I think we've heard that yeah. story. <laughs> How many players on the Astros organization received a suspension? Like zero. 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 The only people, (laughs) the person, the person who got the biggest punishment in that cheating scandal was the man who probably did the most to try and stop it. Granted, he was at fault in many ways, but he still did the most to try and stop I think it. Beltron got a decent amount as well. I mean, he lost a job. He did. He did. <laughs> but anyway. But um, players, zero suspensions. Either zero way, guys. it'll Absolutely. be fun to watch the Astros get messed up a little bit more by more pitches. I love watching Bregman get pelted. Nothing makes me happier than watching Bregman get beamed. It. Him and Altuve. I would love to see Altuve take one. To like the ribs, it would be great. <laughs> this sounds so mean, but they deserve it. I I had to catch myself from saying, you know, the, the skull. You know, I was like, ah, that's too they got, much. They got helmets on. They nice got helmets rib on. shot. A nice rib shot would be great. Maybe yeah. like in the middle of the back. That that sounds like. Oh, a dude, back one. shots are the best because you know yeah. it'll welt so bad. Oh yeah, I'd also like to see Manfred lose his job. <laughs> really. I'm a, I'm a big Joe Kelly fan now, so I, I might just just the, for him. The like whiny face. I mean, yeah, that's a that's a baby laugh because he was just like pretty much like cry more. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. That might be like the first the first big sports like face or action sports meme of the uh, basically the post COVID era. Yeah, this is this is revolutionary. <laughs> well, the, I think the last one might be uh, what's his name touching all the mics, and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was probably the last big one. Uh, oh, it, so it's BG and uh, and then I guess AJ. So you know, like before Gobert, <laughs> <laughs> before COVID, after COVID. <laughs> Jesus, before we yeah, put intended there after. After Joe Kelly. And then it's just like there's like a four-month hiatus of nothing. <laughs> yeah. Despite that four-month hiatus, the NBA tips off tomorrow. We've got this advanced season coming back tomorrow. I'm super excited to see the battles. The eight games each team has left to make it into the playoffs. Tip-offs tomorrow. We've had a few preseason 
type games. And uh, I think it's, I don't know if y'all have caught any of them, but they've been pretty interesting. It's in a pretty small like arena. It's not like some of the other sports that have come back that are in these like huge stadiums and arenas where there's no fans or anything. It's just like, it, it looks like a a normal gyms like a, a nice court and whatever but then out outside of the court there's benches and then there's not really anything else out there other than just big like led screens and so they've they've tested out a bunch of like sound effects and crowd noise they've thrown up like visuals of what the home team stadium looks like and tried to replicate like some chants and stuff it's sort of worked, like mixed reviews. Some of them have sounded decent, uh, but overall, like it, it's definitely like very different. Like the MLB is like, yeah, there's no fans. It's kind of weird, but with this, it's like all the same like court with just. It, it's very, very different than anything we've ever seen. Oh, there, um, but before. <sighs> It, it, I hate to bring back the MLB real quick, but did you see they um some of the teams were like CGI putting in fans from like older games into the stadium? I don't think it was. Uh, I think that was a Fox thing. I think was it a Fox thing? How do we all agree that? that we would rather not have any of that and just be able to actually hear what the players say? Yeah, oh, I would love. No, that. they they sh- they actually had visuals of the players like in the stands. Like it was really strange. Like, that was what was part of it was so or great about players. last night. We bring him back to Joe Kelly as well. Is that like you could actually like hear a lot more of what was said. Like it wasn't just lip reading. Like you actually like could pick that up on mics, which was phenomenal. So like yeah. I think that is gonna like that is gonna be like if people do it right, that's gonna be like the bright spot of. So, so that that brings into question with like the NBA. Do you think they'll? I, I mean, it's it's not the same sort of atmosphere or arena. Like you're not in an actual arena with with many, you know, with tons of seats visible. Normally in basketball, you don't see too many people besides like front court guys. But do you think they'll try to CGI in fans as they did with baseball? Well, that's that's the, the, that's the point. Court set up. I don't think they will. Yeah, well, yeah. there's no there's no real seats. Like it's just a big it's just a big screen in the background, and so they've they've put up like visuals of fans. It's all been kind of test, like tests so far with the visuals they put in the background with the sounds they've used. There's yeah. also been like plenty of times during these preseason games where there's just been nothing, and like uh, Carmelo Anthony's famous for just whenever he gets a rebound, he just yells at everyone, <laughs> "Fuck out of here, this is my ball." Yeah. And like so loud that you can hear it with fans and everything. Yeah. And so he did it a few times and leading up to, to uh, the tip off tomorrow. It was pretty funny. Yeah. One of our men did that as well. It was great. With the, with the new stadium, there's the rail cam, which kind of has this like, re- like really cool new view of everything. I wouldn't watch it for like, I wouldn't want to watch the game from that view, but it definitely gives some, some, new views to so like highlights and everything so there's a bar that runs there's a camera on top of it that runs left and right down along the, the side uh, of the court along the sideline yeah and oh, so awesome. it, it's pretty cool like final four camera views that they do every yeah, year. yeah yeah exactly no exactly awesome. like that but yeah. there are there i watch a lot of games but i've seen some pictures and like highlight videos but not enough to see what you're talking about but i understand it but yeah there was there was a uh, one incident with it last night where Luka Doncic was trying to save a ball going from out of bounds. And so like, if you can imagine a normal stadium where a guy would like 
try to throw a ball back under the court and would run into like either fans or his bench would catch him. Yeah. And this yeah, time yeah. it's just a bar and that oh. bar had the camera on it, which swung toward him as he was there oh. and was an inch away from taking him out. And then the, the view just pans to the ref and the, the ref's like, Oh, especially someone like Luca is yeah. too valuable. Instead, instead of falling over and, Knocking someone's beer out of their hand, you're like breaking like thousands of dollars worth of equipment and, and, and your player. Skull. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's definitely interesting. How are they? Is there only one court with the NBA startup? I I don't know if there's just one court, but I it 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 all certainly looks the same. Like every game looks the same. No, there's definitely not not going to be at least for now not going to be two games at a time. I think the way the schedule starts is. Outside of tomorrow, I think there's two games tomorrow. And then from then on, it's like a game at noon, a game at two, a game at four, like consecutively, like five or six yeah. games a day for two weeks. It's going to be yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's uh, – I, I feel like they are probably, like for viewership-wise, probably going to do four a day. I would imagine they could probably squeeze in five and start at like eight, ten o'clock, something like in the morning. Um, but no one's going to be watching those games. Uh, but that's just an absolute just – majestic feat in a uh, sports management Oh, absolutely. The NBA, so far their plan is looking really solid. But the the only problem, the only, one of the things they can't control is what the players actually do. And so there's been a lot, we we had a little segment last week where we talked about some of the bubble updates, life in the bubble for everybody. And most of them were pretty like funny, like light things, like what everyone's kind of doing, just some of the shenanigans going on. Well, there's also been a decent number of players who've had to exit the bubble a time or two. And the funniest thing this week that came out about the bubble was Lou Williams left to go back to his hometown. Is like basically left to go for a family thing. And then posted a picture of him in Magic City, which is a strip club. And he was getting chicken wings. And so immediately everyone's like, you really left this thing on a family, like for a family reason to go to a strip club. Was that but, the thing Shannon Sharp was freaking out about? Yeah, yeah. But then it, you find out like, okay, obviously strip clubs aren't like really running right now. Like it's not really a, like a thing there, but they are doing food. And so Lou Williams claims that <laughs> he went to Magic City to get chicken wings because they're the best chicken wings he's ever tasted in his life. And everyone on his team backed him up on that. I was like, yeah, man, like, he loves Dude, those wings. I, I thought I saw them on, on Twitter and they looked amazing. Oh, a bunch of people have like, I, I was listening to one Oh seven five today. And a guy that's like lives in Atlanta was saying that like, yeah, I, after this happened, I immediately got some DoorDash um, magic city wings. And let me tell you, they were, they were pretty, uh, pretty average. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, uh, I think we need to take a field trip. Uh, we, we might need to. Oh we might take a field trip. I ain't going anywhere. <laughs> You're telling you me can't you can't make me Magic City, dude. Anything, anything involving magic, uh, sounds rough. So it has nothing to do with the fact that it's a strip club. It's everything to do that it has magic in it. <laughs> Dude, I, name, name the amount of people who are named Magic that have some problems that you don't want to be around. Ripper City, you'd be, Ripper like, City. You'd be fine. Yeah. Magic City, that's where you draw the line. Know. There's too much There's too much association to Magic Johnson. I don't think there's any association to Magic Johnson. By name. 
Okay. Um, so do you think the Orlando Magic have any affiliation with... Magic? I think they suck too, so I mean... They do. They do kind of suck. But, you know, they, made, they at least made the top 22, unlike your Knicks, who aren't you, really your team. You use, you know. ni- use your very loosely. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, some last notes on the NBA. Obviously, near and dear to our hearts, we got four Gamecocks, which is un- unprecedented that we have four players playing in the yeah. NBA. Regardless of how impactful they're going to be, Four players are in this NBA restart with Sindarius getting a spot on the Pelicans. I don't know if y'all saw his highlight last night. He threw a, he came from out of bounds, like caught a ball going out of bounds and threw it in between a guy's legs, bounced past it to a teammate who laid it in. It was sick. I think it was probably pretty lucky, but it was still sick. So that's our boy Sindarius. We'll hopefully get a couple minutes here and there. Uh, but then we've got Chris Silva playing for the Heat, which they should a pretty good team. We've got P.J. Dozier, who signed a contract with the Nuggets and plays spot minutes here and there. And then Brian Bowen, of course, who we didn't get to see play in a Gamecock uniform, but still a guy that was uh, a Gamecock, played with the team, like practiced with the team. So having four guys playing in the NBA at one time is insane al- Like already. Like nothing – I don't – how many players have we had active in the NBA over the last like 20 years? I is not very many. Maybe four total. I, yeah. I'll be honest. I mean, I know that we talk about it. I don't count Bowen as like a Gamecock in the NBA as much as like other people do. It's fine. Um, I do, do want to give a shout out, you know, since we are giving shout outs to South Carolina guys uh, from the state of South Carolina, from Columbia, South Carolina, College Charleston has Darrell Brantley in the bubble as well, playing for the Utah Jazz. So um, big just for the state of South Carolina because I think uh, I mean, two out of the three guys that – Is that the guy that Jay knows? I think he's familiar with them. I believe so. Sounds familiar. Because Jay knows someone from Charleston that's on the Jazz, so I, I can't imagine more than odds of there being more than one. So Yeah. So like yeah, Jarrell started at Ridgeview and then he uh um you know got his way up to he he went to some other high school in like Florida or not maybe not Florida. Um and then made his way to college of Charleston and now he's in the NBA. So um, you know, three of those guys on that list are South Carolina born and bred. And you know, there's other guys from South Carolina that are in the bubble, like, you know, um John Morant and, and Zion, who's temporarily out of the bubble, but stays representing. Yeah, it's it's definitely good to see. Hopefully, uh, a few more will be joining the NBA soon because I, I think our basketball team could be solid. Uh, just a note, quick on that: AJ Lawson uh, decided today to come back to school, so that's exciting that. for our team. He already had. He'd been like just with all the complications of COVID and and the NBA draft and everything getting moved. He'd like had and hadn't, but. And at this point, he's for sure committed to come back, which is the smart decision because he wasn't going to get drafted. Yeah, definitely the smart decision for him. Uh, and and honestly, I mean, unless I'm like a lottery pick or like a senior, and I had to leave, I I, I don't know if I would leave school this year. Uh, yeah, it's just so track. much. Just, yeah, there's just so much going on. Like, I feel like you're not getting the best opportunity to really like show yourself off if you don't have to, or like if you're not already like a set in stone lottery pick like i said um and then especially lawson i think even if he had those opportunities 
he probably wouldn't have really had a great shot at getting drafted. Um, you know, something can always happen. He has a really good show in somewhere, but I just didn't see it happening quite yet for him. Not to say that it won't, but just not at this time. Yeah, there's, there's supposed to be like six games a day right now for the NBA, so there's definitely more than uh, definitely more than um, one court. Because <laughs> oh, there's yeah. two thirty four four or six thirty eight nine, so there's there's probably quite a few courts that they're using. It's interesting if like they'll be playing on the same thirty four like, in the same gym. I don't know. I, I feel like it's probably spread out. I haven't read into it too much, but I guess we'll see starting tomorrow. So looking forward to that. And the good thing is uh, for hockey, we don't even have to look forward to tomorrow because right now there is hockey preliminary games going on, which is, I'm excited. Um, so you is know, this the, actually counting or is this an exhibition? No, no these are exhibition games. The It will actually count on the first is when the playoffs start. Um, so there are just a couple teams. They're getting like maybe two or three no, games no. in. No, what? because it's like, because I get, so like the, right now I'm watching I'm watching the Rangers play the Islanders. Islanders yeah. is that part of like that play-in? No, or is no, it? This, these are just exhibition games. So when you say that you include the play- playoffs, as in playoffs, as in they 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 matter. None of these games will matter until the first. But you count you count the play-in games as the playoffs. Is that are you? Is I, that would, what you're I would right I mean, now, yeah. I, as well. like when you say the play, really. you say the playoff start, are you counting the play-in games? Because there's not, you know, the traditional sixteen teams. There's more than that. Yes, and all the there, there, like the playoffs themselves start Monday with the the wild card teams, like the 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 I guess the preliminary teams. These don't matter. These are just practice games. Okay. No one gets eliminated until the first rolls around, and then there are elimination games. Okay. Gotcha. These are just yeah. These are just fun. Fun, funsies games. Um, so I mean, it's it's good. I I, I can't even figure uh, out I was about funsy games. When I turned it on, there was a fight, and that's why I've stayed. Was there? Yes. Uh, Rangers and Islanders. Hell Between, yeah. Probably somebody that ends in an off, and somebody else that ends in an off. That's a little so, bit racist. A little bit racist. Uh, it's making fun of the Russians. That doesn't count. <laughs> So, um, like, yeah, th- the reason why I say that, too, is because if you, like, go on ESPN, you can't even find the scores for these games. Like, they're just... You could you can watch them, but they're they're not there. What'd you say? It was a joke. I actually... You're also it. hockey? Get the fuck out of here. I, I enjoy hockey. I'm just messing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I enjoy all the so, so. So, so, I mean, hey, that's, that's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun to watch watch playoff hockey. Uh, it's gonna be weird because, like... Uh, there at, at some point, especially with baseball too, they're probably going to do previews and like you know watch out this Sunday for uh the the Chiefs versus like they're going to be doing like previews for football and that's going to be so weird to see like during a baseball game, uh or during or at least during a hockey game or a bas or a basketball game they do it baseball but not with not with those two, um but yeah so it's it'll be fun it'll be fun to see see the ice come back in, yeah I'm excited in- I mean I've always thought that like the NHL playoffs are like Loki, the best playoffs in sports. Absolutely. And it's going to be, it's going to be different without fans um, because I think the fans are part of what makes that feeling for me. Um, but I just feel like just like the history behind the Stanley cup and, and like, I mean, I mean a championship means the same for like every sport, but like, I don't know. It's just something about the Stanley cup. It's just, it just seems like, it's like the fact that you're playing for the cup. Like it's not the you know the Lombardi playoffs and you know the or the you know. O'Brien. Well, the trophy's new every year with those. Stanley Cup yeah. is always the same. 
Oh yeah, yeah. But you know, it's just to it's just cool. like that's what it's called. Like you know, it's not like the NFL, the NHL championship. You know, like I don't know. It's just yeah. I know it's just neat, and I think there's a lot more like passion than people give it credit for in the playoffs. Yeah, I haven't I haven't really watched a whole lot of hockey to be honest. Like it's one of the sports that I really haven't watched a whole lot. Not a lot of people have this year. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty interested in it though because I've I've just heard so much about how great the NHL playoff format is and how it's uncomparable to like any other sport just because of like how good it is and how like winning the NHL championship is just so good. It's one of the sports that's like absolutely perfected their game. Like, well, I, I don't so I many levels a little bit because they, I think they like changed the format a little bit. And like now, like the top two seeds in a conference can meet like in the conference semifinals, which is not good in my opinion. I like that because a lot of those and teams are rivals. A lot but of times. Why should, why should the top two seeds? meet in the conference semifinals and not the conference finals. I'm not talking about the the Yeah, playoff I know finals. I know what you're saying. That that just doesn't seem right to me. That does seem wrong. Yeah. I don't know. You, you could ask Austin about that cuz Austin with his polls are his polls are a lot like that, aren't they? Yeah, but Austin. this is a, we're <laughs> an amateur podcast and this is just a throw out some Austin just throw out some Austin hate in there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, we knew where we asked him about our, our poll, but uh, he's he's taking the week off on us. So. Yeah, well, that's that's what he gets for taking his leave of absence. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're there's not his pay. Well, yeah, his pay. well, well, I guess next week we'll have more to talk about with hockey, but I'm just glad it's back on. We'll have a lot to talk about with every sport. Yeah, everything, yeah. So. I'm excited. We should have some firm decisions on college football, but still nothing solid yet. Yeah, this is Andrew, so I'm editing the podcast on Thursday, and it's looking like the SEC finally gave their schedule out. Uh, <laughs> it's looking like they're going to have a 10-game schedule starting September 26th uh, with no out-of-conference games, which is pretty lame because the ACC is having an 11-week schedule with one out-of-conference game. So Clemson would be able to schedule South Carolina, but South Carolina is not able to schedule them. So that's neither here nor there, I guess. Uh, South Carolina, I think, it's not confirmed yet, but it's looking like they might play Auburn and Arkansas as their SEC West games. And then the SEC Championship game is on December 19th at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. So, yeah, just saw that come in real quick. But, uh, yeah, back to your regularly scheduled podcast. But what we do have is that... Week zero games could be happening. So we were we've been counting down the weeks to the uh, the first kickoff, and now all of a sudden August 29th could potentially be the kickoff for Carolina. We've seen a a few teams go ahead and make the decision to play games on those days. So whether or not like a Coastal Carolina game could be moved up to that, we've even seen crazy rumors that we could put Clemson on August 29th. I highly doubt that happens. But regardless, I guess it's like an option. But I mean, anything to get football that much closer, I'm, I'm in. I don't know about y'all. What y'all are thinking about this? I don't well, care about it getting closer. I just want it to be done right. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that it really, I, I, I don't think it will be in week zero because of what the ACC announced, that they are going to do a 11-game season with 10 conference games and one non-conference game, and the non-conference game has to be played within the same state. Um, 
So I think that pretty much locks us in as playing Clemson, which is oh, good I news. Seen that uh, that that rule mm. in state. I saw everything. Yeah, that's up. why uh, like UNC can't play their Auburn game. Uh, and there's and there's like a bunch of other non-conference games. Like uh, someone plays like West Virginia that they can't play. There's, there's but yeah, there's like an asterisk on their one out of conference game. It has to be. Yeah, one I haven't seen that or anything yet. So okay, that's an interesting little twist. Um, which can help teams, you know, or it's not really helping. It's just maintaining rivalries for, you know, us and uh, like Louisville, Kentucky, Georgia, Georgia Florida, Tech, yeah. Yeah, Florida, Florida, Florida State. Yeah. Um, Assuming teams can get into their camps and get ready relatively quickly, I think it could be a good thing because I think the whole idea of it is it allows for a lot more potential bye weeks and kind of some fill-in spots for games to come up in the future, maybe for makeup games if an outbreak comes out. So I think it, I think it could be interesting. But again, we, what we're really anticipating is the SEC and what they're going to do, because I think they have up until about August 7th. So it, it, we could even be sitting here next week and still not know what the SEC is going to do. But, I mean, the good news is the longer it goes, you know, the closer we get to the season. So I'm feeling a lot more confident. I think at this point, I think it, the most likely thing is probably the same thing as ACC, which is where we just do a 11-game season with 10 conference games. Yeah, I'd be down to yeah, that. I, I think that is kind of – I think all the big kind of guys – Like the, the leading theory. theory. Uh, I do have to kind of go back to about the ACC since they have announced it. You know, I would assume that the um, the one you know not conference game that is going to be set in place is going to be like for these guys is you know like Florida State Florida is going to be the prime matchup there. But does this kind of set up a, uh, a Miami UCF game? I think it does. I say I say the state of Florida Florida just has a round robin and the the winner uh, <laughs> the winner has to party with the Miami Marlins. <laughs> I, could, I, I there's like five teams that could win that. I mean I'm not even gonna lie. I really think so. I really I really think that could happen. Send the lane train yeah. back down to FAU just to make them relevant too. Jesus, I would love to see the lane train in a state of Florida round robin tournament. That would be cool. He he probably he probably knew COVID was happening and that no none of the students were going to be Failed. at games, so that's why he left early. Yeah, he was like he no no hot college that, girls are going to be here. I'm leaving. Yeah, Lane Kiffin that COVID was coming and he went to Mississippi. Well, because he knew there weren't going to be any students anyway. Anyways, party in the Grove before the I, game. I think one thing we do need to talk about <laughs> is that Notre Dame is joining the ACC for this season. Yeah. So do That's we think that Notre Dame will stay at the ACC? I don't think so. I think that uh, I think that the Notre Dame athletic director was really, from what some of the things that I've heard, uh, was really pushing for no college football season. Um, and then when the other powers that be, uh, it, basically, you know, the other athletic directors in the ACC, um, as long with probably um, the other commissioners of the other Power Five schools are like, we're going to have a college football season. It's just going to look different. I think he had his hand twisted, and his only option was to opt into being an ACC team. But I I don't think 
I don't think that they have any intention on making this a permanent move. I don't either. I mean, Notre Dame's a backward school, and they they just they're athlete, athletically they do just some weird things, and like have this pride that they're better than everyone. But then when it comes down to this, you know, oh, now we're gonna join the ACC. Like, I don't know. It, it's it's int- I think it depends on how it goes for them. So obviously they're they're in it for basketball now. They're in it and, for everything except for football. Is it really everything? Yes. I didn't know that one. Everything. But and yeah. What's so just they, so, like, they should just be in the ACC. Like what's like they should be. But Notre Dame has this this thought that they can just do whatever they want, and that I mean it's worked for them for the most part. Just like be they in play the nobody, so we can have someone that plays Clemson every year and actually has a chance to beat them. God, <laughs> go off. Because because Florida State's just absolutely one of the most atrocious football programs of the last decade. It's, like, how do you go from having the team of Jameis Winston and the national championship team, one of the best teams we've seen this in the last 20 years, at the very least, to then continue to recruit well and still just be a just a like not great team? Jimbo Fisher, that's the answer. Let's hope he uh, does the same thing with A&M because I, I would like to beat them at some point in my lifetime. He's a cancer. Uh so kind of going back to uh, I just reworking Clayton's question about that being a right move. I think that the more likely thing to become more of a staple is going to be a like a 10 game conference schedule with, you know, one to two games of other power five or, you know, I would say at least FBS opponents. I think that has that possibility to take hold from there, you know, to, to fill it up and kind of move away from that model of playing FCS teams and stuff like that, especially just because so many schools are going to be really hard hit for cash and aren't going to be able to nah. pay out a million or two dollars. Don't nah, dude. Schools are absolutely struggling right now. That's why. Yeah, but those FCS teams are also going to be struggling. They yeah, are, 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 you on, are you on record saying that you want the uh, the downfall of all non-Power 5 schools since the only no, one that money? That. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying I think that it's very it's a very good possibility that it could end up being that way because I, I understand the FCS schools are going to be hurting, but so are the FBS schools. And the FBS schools are going to look out for themselves first before they're going to look out for the FCS schools. And the FBS schools have no real responsibility to payroll the FCS schools just because they're bigger schools. So, I mean, if they had to look at it and say, well, wow, I can play, you know, insert relevant power five school or group of five, like a UCF and, and make money off of that game. Or I can pay Furman or the Citadel to come up and, and, play a game and pay them a million and a half dollars and then or i can you know make a million dollars off of tv deals and play someone else like i think it's going to come down to with how the i I don't think that'll happen i just i just don't think it will these these athletic departments are suffocating they're suffocating everyone is i mean it's not i mean it we're like we are one of the lucky departments. I mean, South Carolina athletics is very fortunate because South Carolina athletics, I mean, we make money off of football, obviously. We make money off of baseball. We make money off of women's basketball. 
there's like five schools that make money off of women's basketball. So like we are much better positioned than like most other schools. But like outside of like I mean schools like I mean probably like I don't know, probably like Kentucky. I would say like they probably are struggling. I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of the schools in the SEC are some of the most profitable athletic departments. You know, AM is like the most profitable athletic department. I don't think Alabama is that far behind them. But they're like everyone is losing a lot right now. And FCS schools are obviously gonna be hurting more than SEC and ACC schools. But I mean, when it comes down to it, they gotta protect themselves. I can see this model becoming more of a permanent fixture. Yeah, it'll be interesting looking back after like maybe once we're at like a, a full academic cycle and just see like how this year ends up comparing to all the other years by school and just see the impact it has because it it could be detrimental. Like we've seen a few programs here and there get cut, but we, we haven't really seen anything huge start happening. And I mean, if if teams aren't able to make money off of their football season – that could be the one thing that really breaks the back of a lot of athletic departments. Like Stanford cut 13 programs. Wasn't that what it was? I mean, that's a power five school. Granted, I mean, the Pac-12 is is the weakest of the power fives, but it's a lot of programs to cut. Well, you know, you know who isn't getting cut because they're opting out is a bunch of players in the NFL, which that. I'm kind of happy about because some of those ended up being pl- Patriots players. A lot of them were Patriots, actually. Which, oh, at the same time, it. has me speculating a conspiracy brewing. Yeah, you think the Patriots are pulling uh, a 2019-2020 Warriors and just going to tank this year? And get Trevor Lawrence? <laughs> oh that God. would be a slap in the and face. Trevor Cam Lawrence. Oh, I would hate my life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're gonna give the you know former MVP a one year deal. Please, please be a Jimmy Clausen. Please be a Jimmy Clausen. <laughs> Just go into the league like with all this hype and then be ass. I hope so. The um, signs do not point towards that, but uh, okay. Mm, yeah, I mean the man with the golden Cam arm. New- Cam Newton was on the same team as Jimmy Clausen. That's saying. true. That's true. Stars are all aligning. I, that's all I gotta say. Stars are <laughs> aligning. Um, yeah, so we got to, how many, do we know how many players it's been? It's a lot of Patriots players, but five Patriots or something like that. Yeah. So I I think, I think in that scenario, it's kind of like, you know, if you go, I go situation where it's not like, it's not like there's something bad going up in new England. It's just a bunch of guys probably decided like they would go together. They're probably um, in a little, they're a little group chat and they're like, man, fuck this season. Like yeah, right. you guys want to hold, you guys want to opt out. And they're like, yeah, man, like I don't even want to play this season anyways. I, I, I don't want to do it. If it's just me, <laughs> like, all right, then we'll Gilmore's all Gilmore's over there. Like, uh, enter the, the well, Will Smith gift of uh, looking around with no, <laughs> nothing in the room. It's like that. It's like that scene from Rudy. They all just come into Bill Belichick's office and put down their jerseys like one after another. Except Bill Belichick is making them do it so that he can get them. <laughs> next Bill year. Belichick is recording it on record so he can't be, uh, you know, caught in some sort of scandal. Oh, well, we know that Bill Belichick is recording something. <laughs> exactly. I mean that that's for certain. He, there, there's a lot of players opting out. There's a lot of players opting out of playing for certain teams. Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams. Well, has... before we get into that, I just want to say I will be interested to see how many of these, you know, opting out stick. Uh, because I one thing I did see before we started the podcast 
was uh, Nick Markakis, who plays for the Braves, uh, going back to baseball and opt out of this baseball season, announced that he's coming back to the team, which is very interesting considering that the outbreak in baseball is happening in his decision or his division, and that he's now decided to opt back in. So it will be interesting to see like who who sticks, like who leaves. Yeah, and- it is it is very early, so that's why I'm a little bit hesitant to really buy into everything coming out right now. But you know, people are coming back into camps. It'll be interesting to see once it gets closer. Uh, I think we will. All of our eyes are continuing to watch these major sports coming back and see how they handle it. Because in my mind, like if if baseball and basketball can't handle coming back, the NFL is probably going to have a hell of a time. And so I, I think as it gets closer, we'll we'll see a lot more of the decisions from the teams and players and where they go from here. But definitely. Uh, looking forward to getting football back. Uh, what were you saying about Jamal Adams? I know it's it's got a got Rena a spot on your heart. I yeah, figured I it was time. I, yeah. you off. I just wanted to. No, get no, to no. I get it. I get it. Um, yeah, Austin's so, not here, so someone has to get cut so off. So Jamal <laughs> Adams has taken a deal with with Seattle. Um, Seattle Seahawks. A, the Seattle Seahawks gave up two first round picks in 2021, 2022. And then I think a third round pick in 2022 as well for or for a fourth round pick, I think the same year, and Jamal Adams. And you know what? All I can say is, uh, woo, baby! I'm so happy we left that man. I'm so happy I was done with his bitch ass. I was so done with him ranting <laughs> on social media and like crying and how no one respects him and how he's the only one who does anything on the team. How Mr. Oh, we're going to create something in New York, New Jack City. Oh, I'm never quitting this team. Let me bring in so many different players. Le'Veon Bell, come in here. Everyone come on the Jets for creating a movement to being like, nah, I'm done here because I want to get paid more. I don't want them to build a team around me. I want to be the team like I've been for the past two years and I've been pissed off every time, but I still want to be the only guy on the team. Okay, so now you're gone. Bye. See you next year, you know, or actually see you in like see week, you 14. In week 14. Week 14, yeah. Uh, Joe Douglas, you're the man. I respect you. I can't believe we have a competent GM that I actually trust to make a decision like this. Normally, I would think, I don't know how to think about this GM decision. Is it good? Is it bad? I think this is going to go really well because I think he can draft well. I, I Unfortunately, think GM decision. Yeah, the on, only the only caveat there is that the Seahawks generally have very late uh, first round picks just because they're a very solid team perennially, at least in the past like decade plus. So, but I, I still think, I mean, I mean, the thing is, if you have two first round picks, you have two first round picks. I mean, well, you can always trade one of those up too. Yeah. You know, I mean, so you, you have all that to work with. I mean, yeah, it's never a bad thing to have picks. I mean, look at the Dolphins this last year. You know, they yeah. had a pretty solid draft and they had a buttload of picks they can just well, even so even a it. bum team like the ravens can pick a guy 32nd overall and end up being pretty good we just have one of the historically best drafts <laughs> don't get him started uh, but... yeah yeah i forgot we're like 120 into this yeah. podcast we but anyway i just wanted to mention yeah. like one last thing real quick about the nfl shout out to some gamecocks in the nfl specifically joe charlton he wasn't drafted anybody but the panthers just picked him up which is nice, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything until the Panthers also announced that Matt Pilardi was not going or is going to be on the IR the entire year. 
They he tore his ACL in the off season. They thought he was going to be back, but uh, he's not going to end up being back. So now Charlton is the only punter on the Panthers roster. That's exciting, and especially with a new staff, like I feel like there's a real possibility that they sign a veteran guy to come in, and that could be the starter. But with Matt Rule and a new staff, like all eyes could potentially be on Joe Charlton if like he shows out early, like he could be there for a while. Um, so exciting to see some other Gamecock quick hits there. Uh, Alshon Jeffries starting the season out on uh, the physically unable to play list. So that's unfortunate news for him. Um, and then Stefan Gilmore ranked as the number nine NFL player going into next season. So definitely excited for him yeah. as well. Clowney was like 41 or something. Clowney was like 41, yeah. And uh, I guess Debo Samuel's probably slated to not play the first couple weeks with his uh, injury, but should be should be. What back. was the injury? It was like a he broke his broke something. Oh yeah, he broke his foot. I think broke his foot. Yeah, that sounds right. Surprise, surprise. Sounds familiar. Oof. Oh yeah, because he definitely broke his foot at South Carolina. Didn't he? Or it was a leg. Oof. What did he break? I thought he just had soft tissue injuries. My heart. Uh, maybe. He my Most heart. of them were soft tissue, but then he did something with... I don't remember. I can't. Oh, uh, yeah. He might, he might have. Yeah, you're right. But his first, yeah, like, three years were all soft tissues. That, that's definitely true. It's the Under Armour cleats. It is the Under Armour cleats. The conspiracy. The conspiracy <laughs> theory to lead them all. Um, yeah. It's it's been been interesting to see some drama with the NFL, uh, especially with my team again. It feels like it's been a little bit since the Jets have been kind of laughed at a little bit. It feels weird. I've kind of missed it. <laughs> hey, how long has it been since the butt fumble? Uh, like Not decade, long enough. Like I 2012? Like it was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Do you think that sucks? Is there there has been like worse plays in the NFL that happened after that, but no one's out there. I that there was one this year that was pretty bad that I can't remember. Like, but I but, can't remember. The it, butt fumble you know? was so memeable. Like, he just it was too good. Like, you but, just <laughs> the yeah, fact yeah. it was like he ran into his own player, like right into his butt, and fumbled. And wasn't it a, a scoop and score? I think yeah. so. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. In the prime time, Thanksgiving. No, Zamud has. Uh, <laughs> I, dude, I'm still on cloud nine. Hey, 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 I'm looking to the future of the new Jets. Okay, the new Jets are going to be a good young team. I don't give a damn. You know, look yeah. if Mark if Mark Sanchez can get over it and laugh it off, I can too. Okay. How is Mark it the Sanchez new Jets? They have Jet? a, a Southern Jets definitely won the trade. I will have to say, uh, getting two first round draft picks yeah. for someone that doesn't even want to play for you—that's great yeah. deal. Yeah. 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 I mean, let's let's be honest. Like he. He's going into his fourth year. I think Jamal Adams is probably going to be um, a Hall of Famer. Like, I, I mean, he's his his play is very very good. But the thing is, he plays in the box a lot, and I think that's great. I think that's a really useful talent. But I mean, with a team that doesn't have a lot going in their backfield, like you needs you need someone that's going to be out in you know in zone. And I think you know Ashton Davis. It's yet to be seen. I mean, he's a he's a rookie coming in. But I mean, we got. I forgot we got Mc, um who did we get from the Seahawks? Uh McDougland or whatever? Whatever his name is? McDoodle? <laughs> I don't know his name. <laughs> I'm going to guess that's probably wrong. Uh yeah, we got we got a decent safety from the Seahawks. I mean, he's not like as good, but I mean, 
yeah, we got we got so much back that I don't really think we're gonna miss him in like three years. So um, it'll be interesting though because in week fourteen they do play. We mentioned that, and Le'Veon Bell and Jamal Adams have been beefing on Twitter. They have been going off because I mean, again, talking about Le'Veon Bell and my rant, he pretty much only went there because Jamal Adams like recruited him. So he's like, all right, you're going to quit the team as soon as I get here, which I don't know if Le'Veon Bell has much to talk about because Le'Veon Bell kind of did that himself. But hey, if that means Le'Veon Bell will get more than like two yards per per you know per attempt, uh, then then I'm with it. So I want him to have a breakout game on week 14, blow up in Jamal Adams' face. I'll call it the Jamal Adams game. I'll make a T-shirt or something. That'll be that'll be glorious. Until we lose, we might lose because we're the Jets, so we'll see. And that was quite the sports update. We hit literally everything. We're going to have some issues when like the, the games actually start, and it's like mm-hmm. actually four different we're gonna playoffs. We're going to have too much to talk about for yeah. the first time in months. We're going to have to like actually make executive decisions on what to talk about. Oh, Lord. I'm, I'm ready for it. Yeah, I'm going to be betting on so many games. I'm yeah, what's your, what's your betting out. updates this week? Uh, not as good as last week. Uh, <laughs> oh, is that uh, why you didn't bring it up? Yeah. I mean, I still have money, so that, that's always a good thing. Well, there's uh, more games to bet on this week, so there's more opportunities okay. to win. There's, there's so many opportunities, endless opportunities. Hopefully the Red Sox uh, beat the Mets here and I can make some money. Yeah, well, but, you're going to win. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's tied right now. Yeah, still tied. Well, do we have anything else to talk about, or is that kind of it for us? Yeah, I think it wraps everything up this week. Uh, so we'll have an exciting show next week as some playoff sports get started up, and hopefully the continuation of baseball. That will be remain to be seen, but it'll be a fun one for sure. Probably uh, the most fun week. We've had in a while. I am I am so ready for the sports, guys. Let's do it. <laughs> Major championship golf is back next week too. Not all right. I'm all right. So that's a good podcast. See you, like, see right. you later. Yeah. Everybody. See everybody right. next week. <laughs> see y'all.